Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and we are back with a new year and new episodes of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. And this is episode 43. The Seasoned Athlete Podcast is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For many of us, a new year signifies an opportunity to look within, reevaluate, and reset our goals. But oftentimes, we don't stick with those goals, or we get stalled out even before we get started. The mind is a powerful tool. It can work for you and help you do amazing things, or it can tell you lies about yourself and act like a saboteur. In the spirit of the new year, new aspirations, and new energy, I'm taking the opportunity to do something a little different with today's episode. For the first time, I'm talking to someone who is under age 40. Now, let me explain. I truly believe that today's guest can serve as an amazing resource for those who have struggled with starting or maintaining a fitness routine or have convinced themselves that they aren't capable or worthy of bold athletic and fitness goals. If this sounds like you in any way, I hope you stick around and listen to the entire episode. Today's guest is Dr. Lara Pence. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and has spent the last 15 years working with individuals as they peel back the layers of their outer shell, cast aside unhealthy patterns, and begin to build a new, more resilient sense of self. Dr. Pence has worked with Olympic athletes, successful business owners, and entrepreneurs to help them move away from comparison and self-loathing and toward connection and self-investment. She's the chief mind doc for Spartan and hosts the Spartan Mind YouTube video series. And on January 1st of this year, Dr. Pence launched a brand new YouTube video series that takes viewers through a journey of self-discovery, exploration, and analysis with new videos released every Tuesday and Thursday and important at-home exercises to help deepen self-understanding and awareness. Now, by this description alone, hopefully you have a greater understanding of why I chose to bend my 40 and over rule to talk to Dr. Lara Pence. We had a really insightful conversation at the Spartan Podfest last September, and we wrapped it up by creating an action plan that you can use to get your mind right for whatever you want to accomplish this year. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Lara Pence. So I am here at Spartan World Championships. Spartan Podfest, and sitting in front of me is Dr. Lara Pence, licensed clinical psychologist and Spartan's official mind doctor, right? Yeah, chief mind doc. Chief mind doc. I know, it's pretty cool. Did you ever expect a job title like that? I didn't, but I love that job title. So, I, I love it way more than licensed clinical psychologist. It's way more fun. Oh my gosh, it's way more <laughs> badass, yeah. Yeah, well, and of course, something related to Spartan is going to have a badass title. It is, this yeah. is true. Yeah, so tell me what, what that means. You know, the story of how I got here is pretty crazy, but... Um, it's actually really simple in so many ways. I got this random phone call um, to be a part of a documentary that Spartan was doing and Spartan just seemed awesome and Joe seemed awesome. So I said, yes. Um, and I think Joe recognized, you know, Joe DeSena, the founder of Spartan, recognized that his, you know, his goal is to get 100 million people off the couch, right? With this, in, get them engaged, get them active, get them moving. Um, 
But I think that he's realized that there are some limitations. There are some roadblocks that he's coming up against, which is that not everybody wants to immediately jump off the couch. Right. That there are mental barriers that prevent people from getting up off the couch. Um, it's not just financial. It's not just, you know, I don't have a Spartan race near me. But there's stuff going on internally that's creating a barrier. So um, he liked my style. I think he kind of liked what I was doing. And he's like, hey, come on board. Um, so really, you know, as a chief mind doc, part of what I do. So I have um, a weekly video series called Spartan Mind. You can find it on YouTube um, that we put out sort of weekly videos that that get people a little bit more connected to maybe what's going on internally um, and sort of highlights for them maybe some of the mental barriers that they're coming up against when it when it comes to getting motivated, when it comes to kind of, you know, overcoming obstacles, things of that nature. So that's sort of my role. And then Joe kind of drops me in wherever he feels we might need a little bit of dose of like mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Chief Mind Doc. Very cool. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you today because you're a little bit different than the people we normally talk to. First right. of all, you're not over 40. No. Close, though. <laughs> Close. I feel like this is the like, one time where I like want to be 40. You want, I know. Yeah. That's, that's kind of one of my goals. I totally. want people to want to be on the show. Yeah, totally. There's actually, you know, I'm... You know, Spartan elites and people I want to talk to, but it's like, sorry, yeah. you're not there yet. Yeah. So you kind of, you, you're an exception because I really, I'm kind of looking at this as sort of a special episode to talk about the psychology of what holds us back, what, yeah. what holds us back from achieving our true potential um, and w- what we need to do and what advice you might have to help people who might be struggling with getting off the couch and getting off the couch doesn't necessarily mean and going right to a Spartan race. Right. You know, totally. Yeah. yeah. Just, just doing something, you know, yes. being, being more physical, more active, more healthy, engaging, engaging. Yeah. So that's what I really kind of want to dig into. Today. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of people listening, let's start with the people listening who are a little bit active. Yeah. Um, and are kind of pursuing, physical activity at an older age. Great. Um, okay. So we're good there, right? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> do, do that. Um, what advice do you have for people to kind of continue that longevity, mm-hmm. um, in their, in their later years? Yeah. So I guess one thing that first comes to mind immediately to me is community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so key to have partnerships and connections and community in keeping us engaged in the things that might be challenging. And for some of those, you know, audience members who are listening where it's not really a challenge, that's even okay too. Like we need community um, really all the time. I mean, we need connection all the time, right? Like we're wired for that, so we need that. Um, But I think especially when we're talking about, you know, being active in your 40s and beyond, um, I think that community is really key. I mean, I was literally actually just talking to somebody about Spartan Race and running Spartan Race, and I asked if he if he runs and he said, ah, you know, not as much. And he said, it's really nice to have somebody to do it with. And I don't mm-hmm. have somebody to do it with, you know? And so I was thinking to myself, like, that's, that's the community. So connection, I think is key. So for some of the listeners, I guess I would say, you know, if you're a runner or if you're a swimmer or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, that's, it, that's getting you off the couch and getting you active. Um, 
see if you can find a partner, see if you can find somebody to do it with and engage in that connection. I mean, when we, when we're active, right, we know how good that is for our brain. Um, but also when we connect, that's also really good for our brain. I mean, there are chemicals that get released. There are pleasure centers that get stimulated when we're in connection. And if we can form associations with activity and being connected, I mean, we've got like a double dose of wonderful there. So that would be one thing that I would say is definitely community and staying connected. Yeah. And that really resonates with me personally because I have a very specific story about uh, when I, I live in Los Angeles. I've lived there for like 15 years now, but when I first moved to LA, I didn't really know anybody. Mm. And I was really unhappy right off the bat. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to cut it in this town. And the first thing I did was actually, this was back in 2003, there was no social media. There was Craigslist. Right. And I went on, <laughs> I went on Craigslist and I went to the activity partners section and found an ad for a roller derby league. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I like roller skating. I'm going to check that out. And I ended up playing roller derby for 11 years. But what brought me to it was the community. I wanted to make yes, friends. Exactly. That's all. That was my only purpose. And I could have ended up in any number. I could, have, you know, a, a theater group or a, I don't know, a knitting club or whatever. I could have ended right. up in a million other directions. And I ended up in roller derby where I met this amazing community and met my husband and have friends for life and then kind of transitioned and felt the need to transition into another sport and ended up at Spartan Race. And That's so awesome. kind of set these wheels in motion. But activity it can come secondary sometimes. Yes. Because yeah. the need for connection is so huge. It is so huge. And I would say too, you know, that, that sometimes the idea of that makes people uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't want to put myself out there or what if it's I'm scary, not as yeah. fast as that person, you know, in terms of if I, if I join a running group, but you know, yeah, th- I think that that scariness and that fear can absolutely create barriers. But just to remember that, you know, oftentimes the first time doing anything is scary, right? Um, So, so remembering that like, there's always going to be that first time, but then there's that second time and then that sixth time and that 16th time. And then that 60th time where it doesn't quite feel as bad. And then it starts to feel like super good and awesome. And as you said, it's almost like the activity becomes secondary and the connection becomes primary. Yeah. Because if I didn't have the connections in roller derby, I don't think I would have played for 11 years. I don't think I would have struggled with whether or not to stop playing because You know, it wasn't just the sport. I was fairly mediocre at the sport, but but it was the connections that really, you know, kept me in it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I see that in so many, you know, I see it in gym cultures. I see it in running clubs and even, you know, being involved in the Spartan race culture, when you talk about uh, finding partners, finding right. community, um, I'm on a lot of the, the Facebook groups yeah. and like the Spartan women Facebook groups. And yep. I see posts all the time, like my husband said he was going to run with me and now he's not. And I don't know if I even want to do it. Right. And it's like, it, it can be really frustrating. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is the group is always like, we'll run with you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love too, yeah. right? Is if it's like, if you're looking for the partner to be the person next to you all the time, you might have to look further than that. Yeah. You know, you might really have to sort of extend your reach a little bit and know that it's not always going to be your best friend and yeah. it's not always going to be your spouse. It's not always going to be somebody in your family. And I would almost encourage you to really look beyond that first because you can make connections in places you never even thought. And if you're also making connections while you're engaging in activity, like I said, for your brain, I mean, that's just fantastic. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to look beyond sometimes what you're comfortable with, um, and go a little bit further and beyond that and pushing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm here in Tahoe. I came out here by myself. Right. Me too. Yeah. I came out here by myself and yet I can walk around and run into people I've met 
yep. at other races, yep. previous events in my community, people who've come to my gym for special events. Um, so I know that I'm never alone when right. I come out to these things. Love the more that. you participate in something like that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this, but the more you participate, the more you're going to build that community around you. And it may not, your partner, it's great when your partner supports you, but they don't have to share every exact passion that you have. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my husband, for example, he actually does share this passion now, but it took time. Yeah. In the beginning, he's, he actually said in the middle of a race, he turned to me and said, I think this is your thing. This is not my thing. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Let's finish this race. But I, I, I get I, that. I get that. Yeah. I respect that. Right. And then a year later, he was happened to do a Spartan sprint and he landed a spear and he's like, I want to collect them all. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now we're doing like races every other weekend. So sometimes totally. it'll just take a little time. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. Totally. No, I love that. Yeah. So let's, let's dig in a little deeper about getting people who, you know, we talk about community first and foremost, right. getting people who just don't believe that they can run or going to the gym is equated with chore or yes. going to the gym is equated with feeling bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, how absolutely. do we, how do we create those mindset shifts? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite topics actually, which is diving into what are the stories and beliefs that we have about ourselves that limit ourselves. Um, and we all have those stories. And sometimes those stories are seated in like deep rooted experiences from like fourth grade. Other times, you know, it might be when we were 20. Other times it's like a week ago, right? When we pulled ourselves off the couch, we went to the gym. It was an awful experience. We're, we've sworn it off. We're never going back. Right. So but I think one of the things that I would encourage individuals to do is think about, okay, what are the stories that I have about myself as it relates to activity? Okay. So for example, um, you know, my husband is, I'm going to use my husband as an example, whether he likes it or not. Sorry, babe. I mean, I already did. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going all um, in on this. But, you know, my husband played some sports growing up, but he was never like the athlete. And I'm using air quotes mm -hmm. here for the people in our audience who, you know, he, he never got an award. He was never sort of recognized. He maybe sometimes wasn't even like picked for the first team, you know, whatever it is. So I think that there was a seed planted in his head at that time that he, um, that he wasn't athletic, you know, and I think we can all relate to that in some way, shape or form. I've right? had those moments. Yeah. I've absolutely had those totally, moments. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, I've had them too. I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life, but rarely have I been recognized as being the best. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sort of like the seventh man on the bench. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, but you know, so we can all have these different stories, whatever it is, right? Either I'm not athletic or, um, you know, I don't, I don't have the body for it, you know, whatever it and is. And that probably a lot of people connect with that probably. Yeah. I don't have the body for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I, but I think one of the first things that we have to do in recognizing that is being available to recognizing it, like really taking a minute, pausing and asking ourselves, what are the stories I have about myself as it relates to activity? And then it's about how do I shift that story, right? How do I write a new story for myself? Because the stories that we have about ourselves that we've had for maybe decades, maybe just weeks, we can rewrite a new ending for them. Like we can change that story. Um, it just begins with developing an internal coach, right? And an internal coach that's kind, and an internal coach that's also like a little bit challenging, you know, that says to you, you know, you you maybe weren't picked for kickball in fourth grade, but does that mean you're not athletic? Question right. mark, right? Like, 
No, yeah. not at all. It just means you weren't picked for kickball in fourth grade. Right. <laughs> Maybe we need to stop hanging on to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's a little bit about, you know, really giving yourself permission to let go of that story and not be bound to what you thought was truth. Um, because oftentimes the stories that we create actually are not bound in truth. They're bound in our belief and belief is not always truth. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, so really kind of just being able to challenge that a little bit and giving yourself permission to think about like, well, maybe I am athletic. Like maybe the story that I've been telling myself for this time, for this long is not true. Um, you know, I look at my husband who just ran a Nashville super and I'm like, babe, you just ran eight miles with obstacles. Like, yeah, you're athletic, right? Yeah. Like you got out on the course and you did that. Um, so really, I think just trying to kind of rewrite the stories a little bit and shift our mindset from this is this is how it's been. So this is always how it's going to be mm -hmm. to this is how it's been. How can it be different now? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people use those stories as a way to protect themselves from having to put themselves out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there are armor against vulnerability, yeah. right? I mean, the stories that we have, they, they can keep us safe. Most, I think... Most often what they do actually is keep us comfortable. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, you know, because if you have this story, for example, I'm not athletic because I was never picked first, you know, for any team growing up or whatever it is. Um, and now you're in a position where, you know, just sort of being, being non-active and not challenging yourself because it might be physically difficult and uncomfortable, but also emotionally difficult and uncomfortable. Um, you know, that story might stick around because it helps you remain still, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and it helps you kind of just stay in that position where for some time, you know, sometimes people might be thinking, why would you want to stay there? Well, we actually like what's comfortable. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we do. We also like what's uncomfortable, like our brain enjoys a good thrill. Um, but we like to sometimes just remain kind of in that level of comfort. So I think stepping outside of that means getting vulnerable, right? Yeah. It means exposing yourself to emotions that you may not be comfortable with and physical feelings that you may not be comfortable with, right? I mean, like if you haven't run in decades and you go out on the treadmill and you try to run a mile, that could be painful. Yeah, yeah it's gonna totally. Be tough. Right. Yeah. And so being able to being able to know, first of all, that like that's normal, mm -hmm. you know, that's so it's it's normal to feel physically uncomfortable when you haven't been active for a while and then you start being active. Um, even if you have been active for a while and then you like push yourself a little bit more, that physical discomfort's gonna be there. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes these stories that we have, they keep us they keep us quote unquote safe yeah. um, and we need to sometimes get unsafe. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it's, it's kind of connected to, you know, somebody could be going to the gym for, you know, they can be going regularly, eating well, and then they have a bad day or they skip the gym or they have a cheat meal and it's like, well, we're done. Right. Yeah. So all or nothing thinking is when we have this tendency to live in extremes, right? Either all in or all out. Um, and it's really dangerous because of exactly what you described. Um, because if we pivot from that in any way, shape, or form, um, if we deviate from that, it all of a sudden moves us completely in the other direction, right? So we're you use the example of like a cheat day, right? So somebody's trying to... Um, trying to eat maybe a little bit more healthy, trying to integrate, you know, a new sort of way of eating into their life. And then Friday rolls around, they've done like really quote unquote good all week. And they're like, well, now I'm just going to, I'm going to have a heyday and have yeah. cookies tonight or whatever it is. And they eat the cookies. And then 
you know, the, the shift in the mind becomes like, well, now I've messed up, mm-hmm. so I might as well just do it all weekend. And then Monday rolls around and it's like, you know, well, now I did it all weekend. Maybe I'll just do a little bit more on Monday, you know, and then it's like, yeah. okay, now I've gone four days. I might as well go a week, you know, so it's that <laughs> all or nothing thinking of either all in or all out. And it's a common way of thinking um, in the sense that I think we all struggle with it somewhere in our life, right? Um, where maybe we're interested in doing something one way, and if we deviate from that a little bit, it's like, ah, oh, well, I just don't know if I want to do that yeah. anymore, right? It's like, you know, when people journal, mm-hmm. and they start journaling, and they're like, I'm going to journal every day, yeah. and then they miss one day, so they're like, I'm never journaling this again. journal's over. Yeah. Um, Done. So I think one of the ways that we, one of the ways that we shift that is first of all, recognizing that's what we're doing and like naming it, like calling it what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So if it's journaling and I totally have fallen into that, you know, where it's like, I've, I've decided to start like a new meditation routine. And then one morning I get busy and I'm like, I'm never meditating again. It's clearly not for me. (laughs) Clearly doesn't work. So I think in that moment, calling it what it is like, okay, that's so all or nothing thinking I'm going to get back on that horse. Um, Um, But maybe giving yourself permission to get back on that horse like a little bit. Again, not to the whole extreme, right? But just saying like, okay, so if it was, if it was, let's say the meditating and I'm on like day four and I don't meditate. So I'm like, I'm never meditating. Day five rolls around and I'm never meditating again. And then I say to myself, okay, that's such all or nothing thinking. I'm just going to spend 30 seconds right now being thoughtful. Right. So it's a step in that direction. It's not have to be like planned meditation, structured meditation. Exactly. Right. It's just kind of taking a step in that direction. You know, it's not, for example, if somebody like the example I used before is trying to eat healthier and then they end up on Friday night having some cookies and then Saturday it's like, okay, I'm going to get back on the horse and they want to dump out their entire pantry and throw it in the trash. It's like, well, don't do that. Like leave that in there. Um, But let's just pivot and shift to maybe back on track to where you want it to be. So I think first is, is naming it really and owning that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And we, we have to live in a world with cookies in it. Like we to- and cookies yeah. are delicious. Yeah. So why not have a few every right. now and then? It's okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's the other thing I would say is really evaluating is, the, is, is how you're going about this realistic, yeah. you know, is how you're going about this sustainable. Um, meditating for me every morning is not sustainable. Right. It's definitely not. If I can maybe do it twice a week, great. Yeah. And then a few days out of the week, maybe I just engage in like a ritual practice. You know, I have, I have the same thing I do every morning, but maybe some days I could kind of tweak that a little bit and integrate something else in there. That's great. But really evaluating, you know, is, is the standard I have for myself realistic and sustainable? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's the same with being active, right? Mm-hmm. So it's somebody who, who hasn't been active before and says like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start my running plan. Right. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to do five miles. And then the next day I'm going to do 10. And then before I know I'm going to be at 20, it's like, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Pull it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Set yourself Pull up for success. Mm-hmm. Right. So like start with a quarter of a mile yeah, and certain. just do that. And then when, and then when you get to a quarter, walk the rest of the mile, mm-hmm. you know, and then the next day do a third of a mile. I mean, do it in increments. Like yeah. you don't have to go out of the gate blazing because you will get burnt out. Yeah. I, you know, with my gym, I have, uh, I have people who come and they're new right. and we have a little like trial membership. That's, that's pretty cheap and people love it and you get two weeks awesome. and, but a lot of them will come in and be like, I am coming every day. Right. And these workouts are not easy. Right. And, uh, and so they, you know, the third day in a row, it's like, I'm dying. 
Yeah. And so I have to tell them, it's like, if you haven't done this in a while, maybe start with two, two days. Exactly. You know, maybe be deliberate about the days you come and then go for a walk right. on the other days. Like be move, you know, move. Yes. <laughs> you know, have movement in your life, but, but don't do five days of intense workout. If you have not done it in a while, yeah. like you've got to ramp up into it. Right. You right. Know? So, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think being realistic and I think Sometimes being real, realistic means checking our ego a little bit, you oh, know, yeah. because we 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 think that we might be able to do more than maybe what we are. And probably we actually are able to do more than what we do, you know. Yeah. But I also think that there's there's um, there's importance in just moving slowly in the beginning and then giving yourself kind of space and time to grow into more. If you want to jump off the bat and like go for it, then do that. But don't feel like you have to and don't feel like that's the way that's going to be successful for everybody. For sure. For sure. Um, something I've noticed common thread is uh, in your con- in the concepts you talk about is just yeah. recognition. Like, yes. like recognizing these things and acknowledge acknowledgement and kind of just being aware and deliberate. I love that. Um, so I think there's a lot of practical applications that can happen. Um, I would love to kind of almost put together an action plan yeah. for people. Cause yeah. you, you talked about, you know, talking about the all or nothing thinking and, um, and I'm thinking back to the, the earlier conversation we had, um, but just some basic practical steps that yeah. people can take to just kind of have a healthier approach to an active life. Yeah. Uh, would you be able to help kind of formulate sort of a, an action plan for yeah, people? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think actually the first place where I would want people to start is their why. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be active? You know, is it because you want um, you want to be able to walk up the stairs without getting winded? Is it because you want to, in five years, want a marathon? Is it because your spouse is really active and you want to connect more? Um, is it because you want to challenge those beliefs that you had about yourself? You know, like, what is your why? Joe DeSena from Spartan calls it true north. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to start there because if we do things for other people or for reasons that are sort of beyond what's in our heart, sometimes they're not sustainable. So it's yeah. really key, I think, to kind of dig in and ask yourself, like, what is my why right now? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why does this matter to me? And, and I think for a lot of people, when they approach fitness, it's like, my why is I want to lose weight or, you know, right. my why. And traditionally, the why is deeper than that. Oh, always. You know, yes. it's like you may be saying you want to lose weight, but deep down, maybe you want to be able to run with your kids and exactly. not get winded. Right. You know, right. And so it's usually a kind of a more powerful deeper message than what you think it might be. Yeah, I would, I totally agree with that. I love that you said that. I think it's like, it's almost like I would encourage the audience that what, when you write down your first why, strike it out and find a second. Yeah. Strike that one out and then find your third. And that might be. Yeah, totally. Then you might be getting somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So So that would be my first step. Okay. Um, or encouraging the audience to, to think about what their why is. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing that I think is key in making changes is having accountability. So who can you tell? Who can you loop into whatever it is that you're going to move towards that can keep you accountable? And you're going to want to pick somebody who you trust, right? Right. Who you know isn't going to bash you, isn't going to shame you, also isn't going to forget, you know, who you know is going to keep you accountable in, in a way that's meaningful, not somebody who, you know, you say like, hey... 
I think I want to start marathon training. And then that person's like, that's awesome. And then two months later, they never check in with you about right. it. You know, so tell somebody. Or you're who, like, just kidding, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's what's up. Right, yeah. exactly. So loop, tum- loop somebody into what it is that you're interested in doing so that they can hold you accountable to that. Um, and then I think the third thing is, goes back to what we talked about before, what beliefs do you have, right? So ask yourself, okay, what are the beliefs I have about myself that might limit limit me in this goal, right? Um, and they might not always be attributed to athleticism. I mean, they could be attributed to other things. Like, for example, a lot of people that I work with sort of have this belief, like, I don't finish anything, mm-hmm. right? So if that's their if that's their belief, how can they shift that a little bit, yeah. right? Or I, I'm just not committed. I don't commit to things, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about your athleticism or your activity level. It can just be about you as a human being and how you think about yourself. So that would be number three is what are the beliefs and the stories you have about yourself that could potentially be limiting in what you're interested in doing? Um, And then the fourth, I guess I would say, is, you know, what affirmations can you tell yourself to get yourself there, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the positive things that you can bring into your world um, that can get you motivated? And this actually can even take the form of greater concrete steps. You could write little positive affirmations on a Post-it note, on your mirror, um, a reminder on your phone that, like, pops up at 3 o'clock, like, you are awesome, (laughs) you know, or whatever it is. And it might sound super cheesy to people who are listening in, but the data is there. Like we have data. Yeah. That thinking about yourself in a positive way and saying things to yourself in a positive way makes a difference. Like I can, I can guarantee you these elite athletes that are running tomorrow, the world championships, they're not at the starting line thinking I'm not going to do well. Mm -hmm. They're at the starting line imagining themselves coming in first, Absolutely. Right? So, Because so, if they were thinking they weren't going to do well, guess what? Yeah. They're not. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you are what you believe you are, mm-hmm. right? So so I guess that would be number four is what are the positive affirmations that you can bring in? And then the last one would be that community piece, right? Mm-hmm. So find that community that can help you engage in this process. Find that community that feels connected, that feels looped into the activities that you're engaging in. Um and, and let yourself get uncomfortable first if it's required for you to do that. Yeah, know um, that that's part of the process. Exactly. Know yeah. it's part of the process and then do it anyway. And then just do it. Yeah. It's, and the best experiences come from stepping out outside of your comfort zone and facing a little bit of fear. And that's if right. you don't do that, you're not going to experience that stuff. Yep. That's so rewarding. So yep. I, I 100% believe that. And so I really wanted you to give action steps so people hopefully hopefully are writing all that down. Yes. Write it um, down. Write it all down. Yeah. Rewind if yes. you weren't. Yes. And write it down. Play it in, in the slow-mo mode yes. to make sure you get it because you can take these five simple steps and change your life. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, I really want, I want to sort of nail this in that they're simple steps, but that doesn't mean they're easy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that is, that, I think that that's such a key distinction is that sometimes these things can be really simple. Like everything that I just said, you know, I could, I could write that down right now in 15 minutes, how I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. So that's simple, but putting it into action is not always easy. So remembering that, that like that, that these five steps are going to be simple in terms of how you're going to put it all together, but then making them actionable might be a little bit difficult, but knowing that, that that's normal mm-hmm. and that everybody has that experience too. Yeah. And you will get to the other side of it. Exactly. Yes. 
Well, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is really awesome. good. This is super helpful. I hope our listeners have found this to be super helpful. I know they will. Great. And, uh, and I, I just know people sometimes need a little bit of structure yeah. to change and they need to hear it from somebody. So, and you're an expert, you're Spartan's mind doctor. Mind doc coming at you. Yeah, you can do this. You can do this. Absolutely. So, Dr. Laura Pence, thank you. Thank you for being on the season to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. And when you're 40, we're going to talk again. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Two years. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, seasoned athletes, I wanted to wrap the show with a recap of the action plan Dr. Laura Pence outlined to help you have the best shot at achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals this year. Step one determine your why. Why do you want to live a more active life? And really dig in here. Chances are your underlying desire is deeper and more powerful than you acknowledge or realize. And when you write down your why, strike it out and then write a new one. Keep doing that until you land on the why that truly resonates deeply. Step two, have accountability. Find someone you can loop into whatever you're moving towards, who you trust, who won't shame you, and won't forget about what you're doing. And ultimately, they'll check in with you and keep you accountable. Step three, identify the beliefs and the stories you have about yourself that might be limiting and what you're interested in doing. And then work on shifting those beliefs to a more positive place. Step four, practice positive affirmations. Leave little messages for yourself that serve as a reminder that you are capable, that you are awesome, and that you can do whatever you're seeking to do. You are what you believe you are, so start working on giving yourself the affirmations that will help you believe in yourself. And step five, find community. Connect with people who are doing what you want to do and can help you engage in that process. Even if it's a little uncomfortable at first, and it might very well be, just do it anyway. It's all worth it. Thanks again to Dr. Laura Pence. Definitely check out and subscribe to her new YouTube series as she takes you on a journey of self-discovery, exploration, and analysis. Let Spartan's Mind Doc help you get your mind right so you can accomplish more than you ever thought possible. You can find more information about this and links in the show notes for today's episode at seasonedathlete.me. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from musician, friend, and total rock star Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Do you know someone who would make a great guest on the show? Or do you have a unique and inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. Check out our entire library of episodes and get to know our distinguished seasoned athlete alumni at seasonedathlete.me. And if you live in the Los Angeles area and are feeling super inspired to train like a seasoned athlete, visit rutsm.com and learn about how to train with me to help bring out the seasoned athlete in you. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.